Are you guys going to set up the podcast? Are you going to do on order? I think Yaron would like oh. to, yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Are we ready to go, yeah? Both over to you. Awesome. Okay. Let's start off with your name, company, and your elevator pitch for people who don't know who you are. My name is John Salisbury. I work for Autos Secured Finance as Managing Director. Elevator pitch, which I assume is something about our business. Um, <laughs> we're a commercial lender, lending up to three-year terms, up to 25 million, and we'll go as small as 100 grand. I would say our key um, USPs, although they're not really unique because lots of people have them, but mm-hmm. we have all of them, are, um, are short decision making process so you're dealing with genuine principles yet at the same time you are dealing with a balance sheet lender and a lender that also has committed funds under management so absolute certainty of delivery which i know is important to brokers mm-hmm. you're also dealing with people who know their staff we have charters of heirs in-house we have legal expertise in-house and we have structuring expertise in-house and we have chartered accountants in-house so we have people who really know what they're doing So if you've got a deal that is a little bit complex or even if it's straightforward but just needs people to understand it quickly and deliver, Mm -hmm. then we think we can provide that. Okay, cool. um, Out out of interest for people who don't know, um, how did you get into this industry, this very niche industry? I was a banker for years. Um, I actually worked for Singer and Friedlander, which was bought in 2006 by um, one of the Icelandic banks. Kalp thing. Kalp thing, yeah. that's right. And um, we all know what happened to the world in 2008. After that, I worked in recoveries for five years on the wind down of the Kalp thing, Singer and Friedlander book. And I came into this sector because like a lot of people in that time, you wanted something different. The banks weren't perhaps gonna be as fun as they had been in the past. Mm. And we all had a look at life, I think. And we, you know, it wouldn't just be me. It would have been loads of people that looked and thought, well, I want to do something interesting. I want to be somewhere where I can make a difference. And I want to be somewhere where I'm close to the people who are benefiting from what we're providing, not be part of a massive process, but be able to say, right, we've done this bit of work today. We've provided this product. We've structured this deal. And I can just look in the eyes of the people who benefited from that, both in terms of the introducers who build their businesses around people delivering and also the borrowers that, that need our help. Have you had a mentor along the way? Or would you describe anyone as, as your kind of, uh, the person that you would look up to? Yeah, I mean, we've, I had a, um, a boss. I did the Bank of Scotland graduate scheme called Ian Stewart, and I worked for him for years. And obviously you, you learn from them and you, you mold around them. And along the way, um, a lot of the Icelandic guys who I worked with, hugely impressive, hugely impressive people, um, people I have enormous respect for. And um, you know, you, you pick up things along the way. Richard Beanstock, who I work with, um, who's a CEO of Altus, again, a hugely impressive guy. I don't know anyone who is better at structuring deals and finding solutions than him. So along the way, you you have mentors, you have people you look up to, people you admire. But I also think it's important to find your own style. Mm -hmm. Sure. And, you know, not, not not to be modeling yourself on other people all the time. Yeah, that's fair. Do you think everyone in the same company should have that same style? Or can you all work at kind of different paces? It's really important that everybody's different. I think if you look around you in the office and you say, actually, you know what, there's every single person in this office is just like me. Mm-hmm. And if we hadn't been brought together by work, we'd have been, you know, we'd have been mates anyway. Um, that, that, that's really bad. You, you've got to have the, the guy in there that frustrates you because they're really into detail. Mm-hmm. You've got to have the person in there that, you know, is always really salesy and wants to get everything done, is always pushing. You've got to have a mix of personalities, otherwise it just doesn't work. You need different perspectives. You do. Yeah. Different, different strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's a good segue actually from your mentors into what words of advice would you give to young people coming into the industry now? Um, the suggestions that you would, you would give? This is going to sound really old fashioned, but the people that have done well with us have bitten off what they can chew. The most important thing is to do something well. So when you come into a business, um, we don't want mistakes particularly. Um, certainly don't want mistakes twice. Mm -hmm. um, we want people who listen. Um, the thing I was told at Bank of Scotland, you've got two ears and one gob. Um, you know, listen, you don't know much yet. Um, you might have great skills, great aptitude, things to bring to the business, but you don't actually know anything yet. You've yeah. never done a deal. Um, you've never done a recovery. You've never seen something go wrong. You've never had a client hugely distressed in your office because you know they're running really close to their time scale and they need to be comforted. It's you've, you've never experienced that, and they've got to realise that. Mm. Look around at the people yeah. who've done it and learn from them. Be so a sponge. Be a sponge and and know know to a certain extent know your place. So you know if you're given a, a letter to write. Just do it as well as you possibly can. Um, don't get annoyed because don't you're think not. It's beneath you. Yeah, it's beneath you, and you're mm. not in the client meeting. So you know, and also get some credibility. Do some exams. Get qualified. Um, go on a course. You know, go up to your boss and say, look, you know, I, I had one of our one of our guys in our office yesterday came to me and said, I've seen two data center deals this week, and I just feel really outside my comfort zone. I I, I don't feel I know about them. Mm. Um, can you fix that for me? Yeah. That's absolutely delighted so upskill upskill yeah. constantly upskill that, all the time that's yeah. really interesting you say that about the you know get qualified um, because if we're talking about the bridging market which is highly unregulated you know yep. the majority of it is unregulated technically if, if we look obviously on the lending side it's different but on, for, for brokers they don't really need to have any qualification if they're just introducing unregulated business um, for new introducers in the market, do you think it's still important for them to be qualified as an advisor and, and, and get, uh, I guess, more qualifications that they don't necessarily need? I think it depends on how long you've been in the industry. Um, there are people in our industry who came into it 20, 30 years ago and they didn't have the opportunities to get letters after their names um, like, like people have now. But what they've got is, is, is loads of experience um, and they don't need to prove themselves to anybody. Mm -hmm. um, I think that it's important that younger people who want to get to the pay grade and to the level that these yeah. older and more experienced people are at, faster than them, mm -hmm. recognize that they just can't get there quicker because they're entitled to it. <laughs> um, another way of doing it is to say, right, well, okay, I haven't got as many years on the clock, but I am a chartered accountant. Um, you know, I might not have been looking at property for 30 years, but I am a chartered surveyor. Um, you know, people are going to look realistically at their own at their own situation. Yeah. Um, another way of doing it is, you know, we have people in the you know in, in the office who may not be qualified in the sense that they've got a degree or they've got this exam or that exam, but they've worked in environments where, you know, no, no one else in the office has has has, has worked in that environment. So mm. we have um, what one one guy in the office who worked for Nationwide for two years processing mortgages. Um, we fall back on his experience, I think, more often than we fall back on my experience. <laughs> yeah. Because you're talking about exits. Right, um, yeah. So I think it's about credibility. It's about saying, if you come into the industry, you want to be treated seriously, you want to be credible, then, then put something behind that. That's fair. I think that's a great piece of advice. In some ways, getting some sort of lending or real estate experience prior to becoming a broker is going to help you because I, so from my perspective, I started at a lender, then I moved into broking for five, six years to upskill my real estate knowledge so I knew all the types of lending. I yep. embedded myself in a, in a corporate, which was a, a property company, which had a real estate uh, finance uh, department. I wanted to understand real estate holistically, plus all the types of lending, and coming back into lending, 
my conversations with brokers are far more detailed on exit because I understand actually you can't get 75% on that on exit so we're not going to lend like for like because the yield is sub 3% and I know that banks are working off income uh, of the asset on its own so it's about working together and getting those skills outside maybe before you go into that advisory role where you're supposed to understand lend the lenders and you're supposed to understand real estate. Yeah, I mean, I think what you're what you're saying there is a great example of somebody who deserves the credibility they've got because they've put something behind it. You know, you've gone out, you've done a load of things. You've, you, you know, you've probably spent time doing things that you perhaps ideally wouldn't have done. Not you've always. Done, you've, you've done it because, <laughs> because you needed to. And I think that what brokers have in a, in a, in a, in a client's um, life is a really trusted role. Mm-hmm. You know, that client is saying, I'm going to trust you to solve this for me. Yeah. Um, and it's important that that person has, you know, the, you know the, the knowledge and the genuine experience to fall back on to do that. And the examples you've given is to say, put, put a client into a product. Um, you, you've got to really be confident that the product exists to get them out of yeah. it. Um, I don't necessarily think a formal qualification is, is the answer, but I think that, you know, maybe giving brokers the ability and, 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 the, and the, I suppose the means to, to talk more about what they've done, yeah. um, you know, is, 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 is a good thing to mm-hmm. give, them, give them that platform to say, look, you know, I've, I've done all of this, um, I've got these qualifications or this experience, you know, but they're entitled, the, the ones who've done it, you know, need that support, I think, from the industry. Definitely. Mo- moving forward um, next year, what do you, do you expect to see any kind of huge change or shift within the market? You know, it's, or would you when, like to see anything? When, when this question gets asked, it's a bit like, um, you know, when you get asked, when you ask somebody, you know, what's your, your greatest greatest weakness? And they come up with a, a weakness that's actually a strength. <laughs> um, you know, I'm a perfectionist or, you know, yeah, I, work I, too hard. I work too hard and all stuff like that. <laughs> and when people say, what's your biggest, what's your biggest, you know, what's your expectation for next year? It's hard not to subconsciously answer that question in a way that advantage is, is advantageous to us mm-hmm. as, as a lender. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to try and do otherwise. I, I think next year is going to be tumultuous. Um, you know, if the, um, you know, it's a divided country at the moment, it's a divided mm-hmm. society. Um, in, you know, I'm, I'm in 42. In my life, I've never seen um, politics more fragmented. Yeah. And I Agreed. think that w- we're going to have a really uncertain time and we don't know how the rest of the world is going to react to this. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what it could impact on is confidence generally. So I think it's about saying to, you know, that the lenders, I think, who will, you know, may, maybe stand the best chance, I'm talking from a lender, lending perspective, are the ones that have the fewest variables. So from an, you know, auto-secured finance point of view, well, the balance sheet is ours. The committed funds under management are committed. We don't have to worry about that. Mm. For us, it's about picking the right deals to do and the right clients to support. And, you know, so we hope to be in really well positioned to help people, um, you know, who need some certainty next year. Um, I think that's going to be a really big factor. Um, I also think that there may be fewer deals. Um, and again, if there is this fewer to go around, then the, the, the good the good people should yeah. should should mop those up. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of worrying if there's going to be less business, but we've got more lender entrance in the space. Like, there's, uh, do you think there is enough business to go around currently? Well, there's a lot of th- th- there are. I mean, we're still doing deals for asset purchases. Um, and some of these are very significant asset purchases. The market is still alive, yeah. um, and it's it's a, it's not true that it's dead. So I think you've got to you've got to speak to people and say, right, you know, if, if somebody is finding the market completely dead, then you know I, I can't sit there and say we're we're experiencing that. Yet at the same time, if somebody says, oh, it's absolutely rocking and rolling, yeah, and it's, yeah. it, then then you've got to wonder, you know, how it was for them before. Um, you know, so I, I think that, you know, there are there are more lenders in the space, but this has been a crowded market 
from day one. So if, if you're in a room that's got a thousand people in it, it's crowded. You know, if it's got 800 in it, it's crowded. If it's got 1,200, it's crowded. Yeah, okay. It's just a crowded market. <laughs> and what we need to do is to, is to deliver for the relationships we have. So, you know. Certainty. Certainty, focus on, focus on your relationships, mm-hmm. focus on delivering the deals you're doing. Um, you know, and, and I don't think that, you know, you, you necessarily need to worry about, about deals next year. Yeah. Um, I can't speak for people who are, who are fresh into the market, um, but all, all I know is I wish them well. If they're good, I wish them well, because mm-hmm. the, the more good people we have in this industry, the better. Agreed. Just from what you said um, about um, uh, com- committed funding, um, do you think next year could potentially be more of a principal lender market? Um, we had a broker on a panel recently who said that in a tough market, they would prefer to work with principal lenders on the basis of funding. You know, it's it's funny that they say that just in a tough market, and because you know <laughs> we've always looked and said, you know, if you're if you're going to, what, what brokers should have is deals, and what lenders should have is money. That's how it works. Yeah. Yep. Um, and. And I think that, you know, a, a broker, I've never been a broker, so I can't get inside a broker's head. And there must be other pressures, other considerations that, 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 that factor into this. But we've always thought, you know, we've never, you know, we, we've always been surprised a little bit that, that brokers haven't asked us more questions. Now, we want to be asked the questions mm. because we have the answers. You've got the good answers. Um, <laughs> if they don't answer the question, it's difficult to steer the conversation around. Mm-hmm. And we used to laugh in the past because we used to say that no one, for a while, no one seemed that interested. Yep. You know, when we launched our first fund, um, you know, it, it made a difference because a different class of broker started dealing with us, so yeah. that was great. Um, but, but no one seemed massively interested in it. Have they changed the, that uh, viewpoint now, though? I think since Brexit, when actually saw funding lines being pulled, is that when we started seeing brokers asking questions? That's a bit reactive, and I don't think that should be the case. I don't, don't think that's how brokers should act. Are you seeing a, a, a more of a shift now on them asking the questions that are needed to be asked? I think that the the brokers that we deal with, you know, that they've they're experienced people, they've been burnt, um, but at the same time, you know, they're also some very good, for example, peer to peer lenders out there. They're very good. I, I would use them as well. It's it's not an exact science. It's not a case of saying right, this this lender has got committed funding, this this lender simply simply hasn't. I think brokers should just, you know, they just need to get themselves comfortable yeah. and, and ask searching questions of the lender. So if a lender says, well, we're funded in this way, then, then, then you know, dig a bit deeper. Mm. Um, but doesn't that come with, you've been there? I think that sometimes you've, if you've been in the market for a while, people stop asking questions because they go, well, look, orders are here. Yeah. They've been here. They've stayed here. There's no they negative press. They right. must be doing something right. <laughs> yeah. So I can get comfortable with that. I mean, look, as a former broker, there were a finite amount of lenders that I would use for some of my clients because I needed to get I need to be comfortable that whoever I was delivering finance for was going to was would have the funds. Yes. So you've probably got yourselves into a position where people don't need to ask those questions, which is probably a positive for you. Yeah, hopefully hopefully. And you know and, and in a way, you know, that puts the pressure on us to, to make sure people understand <laughs> the other reasons for yeah. using this. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But you make a really good point. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for very much. In. Thank you. Thanks John. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Bye bye. Enjoy yeah. it. <laughs> it's alright once you get into it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's just. If you get there, there's people standing around taking photos and yeah, filming. Like, what's happening?